welcome to um, a Tuesday morning webinar with Coach Stephanie and her adorable new puppy. We've got, we've got Soren here. <laughs> Soren, oh my gosh. Yeah, so tell, oh my so gosh, funny. he is so cute. So, okay, yeah. so how old is he? He is 10 weeks. Um, he was a rescue actually from the Humane Society here. There was a, uh, a bunch of dogs actually that were rescued and um, there was a bunch of puppies. So we got one. Oh my gosh. And so um, is he a, is he a, is he a, what, what kind, do you know what kind of dog he is? Is it German? Yep, he's, a, he's a purebred German short-haired pointer. So yeah, yeah he's going to be a good runner. He's already yes, he super is. energetic. So yeah. I'm going to have him in my lap and he might pop up and say hi a few say times. So. Yeah. That's great. Is he, sleep, is he sleeping through the night yet? As all mothers ask. Most nights. And Most his nights. body training is going okay. okay. Um, we're still working on that, but he's, um, it, it's fun. It's fun with puppies because they progress so fast. Yeah. So. <laughs> as I say, um, is he food driven? Like, does he get, if oh, he, yeah. He get he, a treat? He's food crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how is your other dog doing with him? Um, well, they're not best friends yet. <laughs> and I, I understand, you know, the puppy's yeah. kind of rude. He jumps up on him, but they're going to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, yeah, no, I've seen your pictures on Instagram and I love that uh, he's a rescue. I mean, nothing oh, against. Yeah. Um, it melts my heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. And I, um, I just love that the coloring on that dog. And then we used to have a Weimaraner and I love the short hair oh, dog. Yeah. They are, so they similar. are a little neurotic. Um, just they so you are. know, they have to run. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's exercise. Well, he found the right home. So that is awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us today, Stephanie. We've got um, some questions on the website. Right. Um, before we, or on the Facebook page, before we jump into that, I want to talk, uh, give some kudos out to Kristen Jett, who ran her 50K um, uh, earlier in, um, gosh, I had it pulled up a second ago. Um, it was it was somewhere, uh, let's hold on one second, because it was pretty intense. Um, let's see here. 50K report. Um it's the first one that she did after being diagnosed with lupus, which is awesome. And now she's going to head into a, um, the 50 mile program. Um, but it sounds like she had a good day. Um, yeah. and then Meredith, what well, she was the one with mud. Um, and I was looking for that. And of course I ran out of time, but do you remember that Meredith ran a, um, what did she run? Okay. This is what it is. She ran the, uh, sorry. Um, Okay, this is not um, my my computer's too slow, but I'll I'll pull it up while we're talking, um, because I There's can't. Been a, a few good races lately. Yes, there definitely have. Lots of positive feedback um, from people who have gone through racing. So congratulations to everyone. It's it's so fun to follow you. Yes, it really is. It really is, and I'm sorry that um, I'm not on top of it. Addie Bird did a 25k. Um, uh, three huge climbs, steep downhills, lots of rocks. They don't call it rock, rock Sylvania for nothing and a ton of water <laughs> crossings. Um, so met a bunch of cool people. Yep. Trail runners are generally very cool people. And the after party was amazing. That's great. Um, okay. Anyway, we'll get into the questions and, um, but I have been, I have been watching you guys. I just kind of get you confused sometimes. And I have watched that video of cat put up the bat baby rattlesnake on the page like oh one too many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you have you had many snake encounters in your life, Stephanie? I've had a couple. Um yeah. I don't love snakes. Just yeah. I don't know. It's just my thing that I don't love. But yeah, rattlesnakes, yeah. we have them here. So yeah. Yeah. Everyone's 
Yeah, yeah. you either love them or hate them. And I think she's got yeah. one. Uh, uh, Kristen is also her uh, herptologist, so she's all happy. They they found their people. Yeah, they, they like, love them. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Someone's got to yeah. love snakes. Someone's got to. All right. All right. So there's a lot of um, questions about nutrition. So, and I know that we have a nutrition webinar. We have nutrition both on and off the trail that is available mm -hmm. to you in the Train Like a Mother Club with handouts and that kind of thing. But it always helps to have a refresher and talk through specific questions. So, um, so we'll start with Melinda, who's talking about hydration. Um, she says, I've never mastered how to hydrate, hydrate correctly. I'm going to be training with a hydration vest for my 50K. Is it better to fill the bladder with water or an electrolyte drink? I feel like I need both, especially since I'm training through the Texas summer, but I only have one bladder and I don't want to have to carry another bottle. So what do you, what do, you do with that situation? Well, that's a really great question. So I, hydration, it, it really depends on the individual, you know, how much you need. Um, so your sweat rate, a lot of it's genetic. Um, and then the temperature, so the humidity, um, the real feel, that sort of thing. So there's not a good number like, okay, I need one liter an hour this day. Um, that might be very different. So the best way is to drink to thirst. And I know that sounds really arbitrary, but that is truly the best way to figure out how much you need. Um, my preference is to hydrate with water and then get your fuel through gels or blocks. And then your electrolytes, you're going to get some of them through the gels. And then I like to take uh, salt tabs because then you know how much you're getting. I think, you know, if you can have two bottles, one could be water, one could be electrolyte drink. But I think sometimes just having an electrolyte drink is too much. I think you're going to want plain water. So that would be my recommendation is to get those electrolytes through the, the fuel and the, the salt tabs. Okay. Well, and that's great. Um, so let's talk about salt tabs because that yeah. came up um, a couple of times. So first of all, when do you take them and how much do you take and why do you take them? Okay, so let's start with the why. So okay. uh, when you're sweating, you're losing electrolytes. And sodium is, and I guess there's a, there's a bunch of them. Sodium and potassium are kind of the most important. But that's important within the cell for being able to get things in and out of the cell. Um, and so when you're sweating a lot, you're losing sodium. You need to replace that or else your body gets really disrupted. Like homeostasis is disrupted. And sure. um, one of the the first signs that this is happening is you start to get nauseous or you get that sloshy stomach feeling where it's just like, you know, you drink a bunch of water and it sounds like a river in your stomach. Yes, yes um, absolutely. I think means, we all know that feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That can mean that you need sodium because it will help draw the, those, um, the fluid across your stomach. And, um, when you're losing all that sodium in your body, your, your cells like maintain a very narrow range the nausea is something that it's, it's like a sign to your body, like stop, you know, this is getting, this is bad for the body. This is bad for us. So what taking the salt tabs does is, is help keep, keep everything happy. And, um, there's not necessarily kind of like hydration, not a number for each person because okay. sweat rates vary, Sure. but, um, the way that I do it and that I recommend people do it is to start when you feel like it's it's starting to get warm, so you feel like you have like the salt lines or you're starting to sweat a little bit, just take one, one okay. an hour. Um, that's what I go off. A good rule of thumb is one an hour. If okay. you feel like you're starting to get woozy or nauseous, then take another one. So okay. you want to you don't want to wait until you start to feel really awful. But it if you if you feel like you're starting to sweat a lot, it's getting really hot, then you can take more than one. So. 
in a race, you know, a lot of them start super early. So you might not need sodium right off the gun. So say you start sure. at 5 a.m. You might wait until 7 a.m. until when the sun comes up and you feel like you're starting to heat up and then just get on a schedule, just like fueling. So you can take it with your, your first gel, um, just one an hour and just maintain that. And, you know, the, I guess the downfall is, do you need sodium? You don't want to overdo it, but if you're sweating and you're in an ultra, taking one salt tab an hour isn't going to be too much, even if you're not getting behind. So I would err on the side of taking one an hour if you're not sure. Okay. And I mean, one, I mean, I think, so I, what do you take like S tabs? I mean, there's so many different brands yep. and I imagine they have different milligram things. So, exactly. I mean, do you have any idea where, take, what's a good place to start? Um, S caps, succeeds. Okay. Um, that, and so I'm, I'm a really salty sweater. And so okay. I usually use succeed unless it's really hot. And then I go to the, um, the hammer and Duralite tabs and just because they're more concentrated, but I would say okay. for most people use the S caps. I like what's in them. Um, and I think they work really well. Okay. And so going back to when to start to take them. So if it's chilly in the morning and you're not sweating yet, you don't need that. But, but I mean, get, staying ahead of your nutrition. I mean, that's a theme mm -hmm. that I've heard you say again and yep. again. So, I mean, am I thinking, you know, um, once the sun comes up or is it really once I feel like I'm starting to sweat or once I start to feel nauseous or have that kind of before you feel nauseous. Before. So I so, would say once the sun comes up and you feel like it, it's warm out and the, okay. Um, when you're racing, it's important to be like doing check-ins. So this is something I, I like to do for myself is just every hour, like check in. Okay. How am I feeling? Am I warm? Am I cold? How do I feel left to right? Am I smooth? Have I been fueling? Just doing that one keeps you present in what you're doing. And two helps make sure that you're doing things like taking salt when you need it. Sure. Absolutely. Good. Good. I like that. Um, and then um, piggybacking on that, um, Kirsten Jett, she's the one that, did, that just did her 50K that climbed a mountain and it was somewhere in Colorado or New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, this is more of a comment than a question, but the 50K I just did, I ended up drinking Coke and ginger ale at the aid stations mm -hmm. and skipped the gels I normally take. Just sounded good at the time and I definitely went down easier. I still took my salt tabs every hour and really felt fine as far as stomach issues go. Um, is soda an option compared to gels? Like um, when you're thinking about nutrition on the trail. Yeah, that is a great example of making a smart decision on the fly. So okay. you practice with gels and you have this race nutrition plan and you get into the race and suddenly gels don't sound good. So you have to kind of troubleshoot through it. And soda is a great option. Um, it, like she said, it goes down easier and it sometimes it's just a nice break for your, your mouth um, yeah. to get a different sugar flavor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the key, the key is making sure you understand what you, what you're trying to get out of nutrition. So simple sugars. So, you know, if you're looking at the aid station table, there are things that are better or worse probably. So soda is a great option and sometimes Coke is good. Um, sometimes, you know, that sounds a little extreme. So they usually have Sprite or ginger ale, um, mm -hmm. but all of those are really good options. So that I, I, I saw that comment and I was really excited that um, one, you had the confidence to, to change it on the fly and two, you kept fueling. So yeah. that's, um, yeah, that that's, that's excellent. I yeah, put soda. I think we've talked about this before, maybe the, maybe last year, me putting yeah. soda in my bladder at UTMB. 
Oh, you did? I don't remember that. No. Oh my gosh. Wow. What, yeah, what flavor was, did you put in there? <laughs> um, I was having a really hard time fueling. So I put Coke in my two liter bladder and um, it, it worked pretty well, except for when you're running it kind of like the carbonation starts yes. to um, <laughs> like make your bladder really big. But yeah, I drank yeah. like eight liters of Coke in that race. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good to know. <laughs> it it so works. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's great about Kirsten is she kept on, she kept fueling and she kept on her salt mm-hmm. tab schedule yes. as well. So that That's got so for those electrolytes that you're talking about. Um, okay. So then we've got people that are coming in and wanting some real food. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So she's training, this is Kim and she's training for her first 50 mile. I know at some point during my race, I want more than gels to eat. At what point in my training should I start trying to eat real food during long runs? Um, so yeah, go I ahead. Have, I have two thoughts with that. So okay. And, and I want to just tell this brief little story because I think it's it's good. So last year I had really tough races. Um, I had a couple. Maybe I would say I just failed. And and this is a little embarrassing. We, we, as, okay, I just want to say as a group we disagree that you did. Fail, okay. Okay. Well, keep going on. It's embarrassing, but yeah. Uh, so as a nutrition um, expert, I yeah. had some nutrition debacles. And so looking back, I'm like, what went wrong? Because I know what to do in the races. And turns out I had gotten really, really comfortable with fueling. So on my training runs, I was taking real food because no one really likes gels. (laughs) So on my training runs, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take a peanut butter sandwich or I'm going to take some cookies or a bar. And so I was fueling with that in my training runs. And then when I got into the races and tried to take gels, it didn't work. It like my body was not used to it. So I've gone back to training with gels and things have been great. So I'm going to get into the real food, but I think it's important to to primarily use gels and blocks. And, you know, everyone is different. There's a whole spectrum, right? So anything that's a simple sugar, you can kind of fill in the blank with what works best for you. But getting into real food, that's kind of the trend right now. Everyone wants real food. And the best time to eat real food is at your meals. You know, when you're, when you're sitting down with a plate, that's when you want real food. When you're running, you actually want very little real food because it sits in your stomach. So sure. I'm saying stick to the simple stuff. But I understand that you do need real food at some point um, if you're going to be out there a long time. So what I would say in your training is to practice with gels and blocks or whatever you plan to use and then have like a peanut butter sandwich or, um, you know, whatever it is with real food you want, whether it be like potatoes or some soup or a drink, well, I guess drink isn't really real food, but whatever that is, bring it with you and have it like midway through your run. That's okay. a good, good time to try that real food because then you've, you've ran a bit and then you're still going to run a bit. So make sure that it sits well. Um, and know that the real food is going to be a supplement to what you're already doing. You don't want to rely totally on solid things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it really, I mean, it comes down to a little bit of personal preference, right. And your speed, right. Because um, I I definitely think that, you know, someone like yourself who is really out there gunning it almost the whole time, you know, might be someone who versus somebody who's there to, you know, get through the course um, and maybe takes a little bit longer. (laughs) Like us mortals. Um, But yeah, that's, I like, I like that idea though of, of having, I mean, definitely I love the idea of practicing, right. And you practice it. Yep. Yeah. That's so funny that you, um, I mean, it's not funny, but it's, it's just a really good tale that you you think that it's all going to be fine because you can tolerate gels and you Mm -hmm. can tolerate chews, but you need to still practice even at your point in your career. 
Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, even with moving, say, whatever your pace is, I think this is an important note. It's kind of all relative because most of the time you're pushing your body or, you know, even if you're just out there, you're still running 50 miles. Your body still needs sugar. So oh, yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. So Amy is looking for, so Amy is, um, she's the one that's having surgery or had surgery um, on her Achilles, but she has a um, 50 mile race in June that's high with a lot of climbing. Um, this year, if she attempts it, uh, she'll be power hiking the entire thing. And if she can beat mm -hmm. the cutoffs, she's looking at a 15 or 16 hour days, 16, 15 or 16 hour day. That's about yep. 48 gels. <laughs> so um, maybe that's what, yeah. <laughs> so, she's, so she's looking for some simple carbs. Um, she mm -hmm. listened to the podcast and tried the Cliff Savory pouches. Um, she says she likes them, but they're heavy to carry. When I've used them, mm -hmm. I'm access them at drop bags and then left the trash behind. Do you have mm -hmm. other carry with you foods you mentioned? Um, sandwich you mentioned sweet. I always see sweet potatoes and like salty yep, sweet, sweet potatoes, potatoes or regular potatoes, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or little little guys. Yeah, and this is a good point too. Thinking about this type of race. Um, you know, she's going to be hiking more. So it is a little bit lower intensity. There's not that as much mechanical damage or mechanical jostling, I guess. So there is the ability to eat a little more real food. So I don't want to say, you know, pack your, you know, like spaghetti and meatballs, yeah. but you know, you can, you can take with you, like I always say a peanut butter jelly sandwich, heavy on the jelly, light on the peanut butter. Um, sure. That's a good option. The cliff savory pouches are great and i would do just that i would leave them in a drop bag or have them with crew so that you can just take them and then not have to carry them with you okay My dogs great. are going crazy right now i'm just making sure <laughs> we're not gonna have a little incident okay. Okay, um so yeah amy and try different things hi riley um like with real food it, uh -huh. out on your training runs and um you know, like a, a bar that's going to be a little bit more dense, but still mostly carbohydrates. Um, also rice is a really mm -hmm. good one, like rice balls. I think we've sure. talked about that maybe in the past, but um, you can put in whatever flavors you want there. So um, it can be rice and salt and eggs. It can be sweet with some coconut um, and jam oh, in it. Um, and I think those are really great because they're easy to digest and you can customize the flavor. Yeah. Um, and you can find rice anywhere. So if you're traveling, it's still a pretty good option. Yeah. You just have to make the balls. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Just make okay. Them. I yeah, mean, you exactly. can shove them in the plastic bags. They don't have to actually be ball shaped. Yeah, exactly. Just, just grab a chunk of strawberry and, rice. <laughs> uh, Trader Joe's has like vacuum sealed rice that's already cooked. Oh, so nice. you, I've done that before um, when okay. I've gone camping. So that, you know, if you're traveling and you don't have access to cook something, that's a really great way to do it. Awesome. Um, yeah. Sybil's asking, uh, does it have to be simple sugar? She uses hammer gels, um, which has maltodextrin, and that's always worked for her. Do you have an opinion on maltodextrin? So maltodextrin is a simple sugar. Maltodextrin oh, is glucose. Okay. Um, okay. It's just the, the form that's made in a laboratory. Yep. Okay. So you're good with those, especially if it works for you. Hang with Yeah. Mal maltodextrin is actually usually the, the first ingredient in all sports products. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Okay, um, and then here's another question from Amy. I think we're gonna slip into some training questions here now. Okay, great. Okay, so, so Amy is the one with the surgery. I'm, uh, I'm unable to run for a few more weeks. Hiking is okay as our trails, as long as they aren't too slippery. Um, and my physical therapist wants me to use poles every time I walk or hike. Um, so any tips for power hiking and using poles during the races? Just get out and practice. Um, yeah. 
I've used polls. I used them last year at UTMB. And before using them, I I never really ran with them. But then once I started training with them, I found I couldn't be without my polls. So really? Okay. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh. You just come to rely on those. So the best way to get used to them is just to go out and like take them everywhere. Even if you're hiking on flat train, just take your poles with you. You'll get really attached to them. They'll be like a, an extension of your arms. And I think <laughs> rather than give tips on like how to use them, I think you'll develop a feel for them and get really comfortable. So just yeah. have them be with you all time. <laughs> yeah, here's here's my uh, little embarrassing thing about poles. So I'm training to do um, the ri a rim to rim hike in the Grand Canyon in June. And so I've been doing um, some, uh, I've been trying to do some very specific training. So like going down and then up and down and then up. I did on um, recently, two weekends ago um, in the down, it's, it was about 1200 feet down and then back up. And so um, a lot of descending, which was the hard part. And, um, and I have, I have ski, I have poles, adjustable poles. They're my ski poles, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, I brought them in the car. I'm like, I just don't want to do it. They're heavy and they don't collapse the whole way. No. And uh, my husband had mentioned like, oh, you should take hiking poles. I'm like, I know, I know. I, you know, and then I, the, that conversation somehow just didn't finish. And I got home and I was like, oh my gosh, I have got to buy a pair of hiking poles. Like my quads mm -hmm. were just trashed and my knees. And uh, he's like, oh, we have two pairs hanging in the garage. I was so oh, no. Oh, mad. I'm so mad. So we, I have a pair for the Grand Canyon. I have an extra pair for the Grand Canyon. Um, but, but you know, it's like one of those things, like when you see them on the wall and you've seen them for so You're many like, years, oh you don't even God. notice them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely rec I mean, I'm very, I love that you use them um, for UTMB because mm -hmm. I feel like um, sometimes I feel like I'm like, oh, I don't need them. They're a crutch. And then I'm like, no, I think I need like, it's like They're having awesome. it's, it, ambidext, you know, like or being like a dog, right? Having mm -hmm. a, like two more limbs to kind of yep. balance the weight on right yep no they're okay. great um yeah. and if anyone's looking for poles i think i've tried a few different types my favorite are the lucky um okay. the trail pro and I'm, okay. I'm not sponsored by them at all i bought mine for like 200 euros so they were <laughs> an expensive buy but i would do it again like i've yeah. used them and they are awesome that's great that's great mm -hmm. um well and i'm curious do you use them more on the downhill or the uphill or both uh both both yeah okay Okay. Especially really steep downhills. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. Here's a question from Kim. She's a nurse and she works two 12 hour shifts a week with an hour and a half commute one way. Wow. That's intense. Um, obviously I can't get a workout in on those days. So those will be my rest days. Is there a good way to arrange the schedule? Any obvious rules where it's okay to run more days in a row and which one should definitely try to break up? Yeah, that's, that's great. One that you're changing the schedule to fit your lifestyle. That's so important to do. Um, a good rule of thumb is try not to stack workouts. So don't do like an intensity run followed by a long run or vice versa. If you can space those out, that would be ideal. Um, and then if anytime there's like a, a long run and a distance run, if you can keep those close together, that's good too, because those are usually planned. So you're getting the, um, like the back-to-back um, stimulus yep, on your body. Yep. And so, then what about the strength circuits? Can they just slide mm, in any old day? Or? Can, you know, those are, a, I don't want to say a lower priority, but you can yeah. fit them in whenever. I mean, ideally they're on the days where you, you know, where we have them written in, but with yeah. your schedule like that, I think if you can get your runs kind of lined up, just fit in the strength when you can. Okay, great. 
Um, cool. And then the other thing, Kim, and, and anybody else that has a question um, about changing your schedule, I mean, if you have a weird week coming up or you're going on vacation or whatever, it's really easy if you want to tag either Stephanie or I in the Facebook page, and we can just quickly help you move around your schedule. We obviously both have copies of the plan. So if you have any questions about whether or not it works, um, that's an easy, easy. Yeah, answer. no problem. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Amy's asking uh, foot and ankle strength. Is this something that naturally improves over time with more time on the trails or something I should work on? Um, you, it kind of depends on the person, uh, running on trails does strengthen your, your ankles because you have to stabilize. But if you're generally someone who rolls your ankle easily, it's good to do that in the gym so that it doesn't happen out in the trail. Um, the best things are like stability exercises. So one-legged things or getting on like a basu ball and balancing, it doesn't have to be a crazy amount. Um, but yeah. just working on it, I think is is good and then making sure that they're mobile too because that kind of goes along with it if you have really stiff ankles sometimes they can roll easier they need you know to be able to um have a full range of motion yep yep for sure yeah just balancing on one foot on the on the bozo ball like you said i mean that is you know that's great and then yeah. close your eye and see how that goes yeah 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 nice one eye um the other thing that about ankles that was interesting we did a, a post on our website recently about um this mother runner uh, kept getting um, t uh, a hole in the toe of her shoe, um, you know, and it would always happen no matter what kind of shoe she got, no matter what, you know, um, how much room there was. And it was because of her ankle, um, like you said, mobility or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was pretty interesting to me. And one of the things was definitely making sure that you like stretch your calves a lot. Have you ever heard of that or? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, you know what? It's so crazy. It's all related. Like, I mean, it could be like that whole posterior chain. So from your hips yeah. down and even yeah. like your shoulders, I think it's just a really great, I'm taking this one step further, but to make sure yeah. your whole body is, you know, not, you move it through, through the range of motion, you stretch out um, because like things like tight shoulders, you sometimes don't realize that that can affect your hips, which can affect yeah. your knees, which can affect your ankles. Exactly. So, yeah. For sure. For sure. That's why that strength training that you, I mean, you know, I, I know we always yeah. beat a horse every time we get on these, but I mean, it matters so much. Um, yeah. and, um, it just, it makes a difference between injury and not, and enjoying yourself and not, I think personally, because then when you feel like you have enough strength so that you have the, the structure to withstand the miles, it, it just gives yeah. you confidence that you don't have in other times. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the heat. Yesterday, oh. it was 75 degrees here yesterday, and I ran for my 30 minutes, and I was sweating like a mother. Um, so let's talk about um, adjusting to um, summertime as these women are going out on the trails and hopefully mm -hmm. in the shade, but when the shade isn't available, how do you kind of transition from spring to summer? So the key with the heat is to keep your body cool. Okay. Um, so clothing is important and, um, you know, it, there's only so little clothing you can wear sometimes. So think <laughs> of colors that actually yeah. makes a big difference. Like a lighter color top is going to be a much better option than a black top. Um, and then, you know, if it's really hot out, I carry water with me, even for a 30 minute run, just take a handheld, even if you're not drinking it, you can douse yourself. So dumping some water on your head, that'll cool you off. But I think, um, you know, keeping your body cool from the, from drinking from the inside is a really great way to, 
to make sure that you're not overheating. Um, also, make sure you, you slow your pace down when you're first starting because heat can really, really impact your cardiovascular system. And so it makes it much tougher. So don't beat yourself up if suddenly you're running 30 seconds a minute per mile slower. That's an important way to... Um, to kind of get your body used to the heat. Um, another thing I do is sometimes plan a loop that I'm gonna go by a water fountain or a river or a lake. And sometimes if it's super hot, I'll just jump in. Really? <laughs> and, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's really great practice too if you have a race that you might cross water. So getting your feet wet and then trying to run. Um, but I would say, you know, I'm kind of tangenting all over the place. Keep no, your body cool um, with clothing and with, you know, trying to put water, cool yourself. Um, and then to be hydrated before, if you can, that's going to help. And then after, for sure. 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 And don't beat yourself up. And then there, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I do like that trail running. Obviously, you know, the trails often have shade, not always. Um, and, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes you, you're heading up a little bit, um, which also will cool things down. Um, if you're going up into like, you know, the mountains or something, but, um, yeah. is there like a, like, does it ever become easier? I mean, I'm feeling like yeah. the word adaptation, I don't think adaptation is the right word, but like, when does it become like, oh, 75 degree day, isn't going to feel so awful. Um, well, yeah. I mean, it, when your body gets used to it basically, yeah. and that can take a couple of weeks, but you know, it's just like when it suddenly becomes winter and it's so cold. And sure. then the first spring day that it's 40, it's like, it's so warm out. The same thing yeah. happens with the heat. So sure. as it becomes summer and that becomes normal, your body will adapt to it. And um, not just like you'll be used to it, but physiologically, your body will adapt to it. You're going to start to become a more efficient sweater, which is the mm -hmm. way our body cools itself. Um, and that's going to really help with um, regulating your body temperature. Sweet. Um, okay, here's another question. Oh, and then it goes without saying a hat, obviously, right? Yeah. Do, you, do you prefer a hat or a visor? Or it either? depends. A, okay. Sometimes a hat is nice because you can like dip it and it keeps the top of your head cool. Um, sure. A visor is good to like lose the heat, but also remember you can like, if you have a part, yes. <laughs> I always do this, you can sunburn it. So yes. um, put some sunscreen there. Good, good idea. Okay, back to another training question from Rachel. Um, so on the days where there are running strength, um, is it okay to do one in the morning and one in the afternoon? Um, yes. That's okay. the preferred way, actually. Um, okay. I saw that question. So splitting sure. them into two workouts um, because then you get time to recover after the run and then do the strength. But okay. if you need to do them at one session, I, you know, that's fine too. And is there one, I mean, so does it matter? Do you want run and then strength or strength and then run or does it not matter? Um, I want run and then strength because okay. the run is the important workout. Okay. Ideally, if you were trying to build a lot of muscle, you would do strength and then run. But we're trying to be runners, not um, bodybuilders. Not, not bodybuilders. Awesome. <laughs> um, cool. And then I, um, I'd like Amy's on here, uh, Kirsten. Uh, so finally, I got back to it. It's a Cedro, Cedro Peak Ultra Recap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Peak. That's right. Have you heard of that race? I just from Cedro. The because she did it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so if you guys have any other questions, I'm just curious, what are you up to these days, Stephanie? What, what are you training for? Um, Western States. Oh, wow. My race of, that I'm training for, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm just kind of in a, an interesting place. I did a race in Peru that totally destroyed me. So I took a few weeks off, um, yeah. mostly just mentally, mentally and physically. Um, and right now I, 
I'm like a single a puppy mom right now. <laughs> he's in his travel season, so I'm just home alone. Like oh, wow. the last two weeks. Um, yeah, it's crazy. But I'm just kind of liking it. Lower, yeah. lower pace of life. But yeah, I'll I'll get my button gear soon. <laughs> well, and so tell us about like tell. Do you mind talking a little bit about Peru? Like what what was the race and and how did it go? Um. Okay. So Peru. I'll try to keep this condensed. Um. I have a lot well, of thoughts. It's interesting. Yeah. Um. It was a 50 mile. Um. It was a North Face Endurance Challenge, South America style, which means not a trail. Um. And I've done oh. a couple of races down there, and they're just different than here. They just you know they don't really have trails like we sure. do. Um, okay. So this was especially hard. It had about 14,000 feet of climbing, which in a 50 miler, that's kind of a lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, That's like sure. kind of a ridiculous amount. And um, so speaking of the heat, it was like 95 degrees. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And coming from here, it had been like 30. And so it, it was unique though, because it was in Lima or just outside of Lima, Peru. And so in between the ocean and the Andes. So it was the desert. There was no trees or anything, but it was a humid desert. So oh it was like the worst thing ever. And um, it started at 2 a.m. So there was that. And we oh just didn't gosh. sleep before. And then there just wasn't that many aid stations. Um, so I ran out of water. I actually got heat exhaustion. I got really sick after. Um, oh, my gosh. 12 wow. people finished. And it took me 13 hours, which I thought, okay, I was giving myself some leeway. I'm like, oh, it's South America race. You know, I flew down here like two days before. I'm like, it'll take me like nine hours you know oh gosh um yeah it was ridiculous I, I extra I, hours I wow. didn't bring my shoes home I just threw them away I was like I'm <laughs> running I hate running I'm never running again but um you you soon forget but I just needed a little time to like get my get back how many people were there out of the 12 I mean, um, there was like a hundred that started the 50 miler. Um, most people didn't make the cutoffs. It was just way too hard. It was totally exposed. There was some scrambling. It, yeah. It, <laughs> was it the first year they're doing that? It sounds like. Um, no, it was no? the first year on okay. that course. So okay. it was a new course, but they've done a race outside of Lima before. It's just like, it's kind of, and I don't know how to say this, I don't have the right words to say this, but sure. you know how like um, machoism is a little bit of a bigger thing still. Like yes. it, it, that was kind of what it was. They wanted to make like the hardest course and it, it was literally the hardest course I've ever been on. Um, wow. So, wow. but the thing was, I was like, this is so stupid, blah, 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 blah. And all the, all the locals who did it were just like, none of them finished, but they were like, yeah. just happy. They didn't care. They just thought it was cool. It was the hardest race and they timed out. Um, so wow. I was like, that's a really good lesson. Like, yeah. you know, you don't, your attitude doesn't need to be this bad. No, no. Well, and were you the, how many, like how many female finishes out of those 12? Were oh, there? I don't know. I don't you even know. know. I, so okay. I had finished and they had like packed up the race, like the finish line. <laughs> like it was that like they be did, a, a novel experience for like, you, yay, right? I yeah. I mean it. Yeah. It was. Wow. was like, wow. Oh man. So, so and, and physically, like what was there any um ramifications from that quick travel and, yeah. and running on pavement and stuff? Um well there wasn't any pavement. It was oh, it wasn't pavement. Like, it was just not a trail. It was like just dirt. Oh okay. Um, yeah, it was like I don't know, rock, black rock and sand. Um okay. 
I, yeah, I kind of lit up my Achilles pretty good because there was a lot of side hilling. And just like after a while, I just like yelled out loud, I can't side hill anymore. So yeah, my (laughs) Achilles, um, both sides were pretty beat up. Um, But it happens. You know, I was like, I was supposed to run Lake Sonoma. I was a little bummed, but this is part of being an athlete is sometimes you have to make the choice to sit things out that you are looking forward to. Yep. And so, and so you've taken some time, right. And you, how, I'm just curious, how yeah. did you recover physically from that and kind of mentally? And I, I, I you kind of yeah. just, you know, you've talked about that a little bit mentally, you're kind of just easing back into it, but I mean, mm-hmm. how do you get over such a hard race? You know, that was well, just did not meet your expectation in any way, shape or form. I, so I didn't surround myself with anything to do with running for the first week. Um, you know, I, I went out with friends. I tried, it's hard cause I can't quite disconnect from it, but as much sure. as I could, I focused on things at home. Um, so I didn't run for 10 days after. And, okay. um, then I tried to get back into training because I had like Sonoma coming up. Um, I ran for about five days and it just felt bad. Like mentally I was kind of like not looking forward to getting out the door and then my feet hurt. And so I was like this, just isn't going to work. So then I took another 10 days off. Um, okay. so I just started running again, um, maybe a week ago and okay. I'm not full into it. I'm doing two days on one day off. Um, okay. and so I think that has allowed me to just look forward to running again. Cause it's like, I'm not just full into it. I'm like holding myself back a little bit. And sure. so it's been good. You know, it's kind of amazing what your body can do if you give it a break. Um, yes. I mean like even a week off just did wonders for me mentally and physically. Yeah. So, Good. and like I said, I've got a new puppy, I've been yes. gardening, um, yeah. just like other stuff to keep me excited. Yeah. Just hitting the reset. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like that that's um, something that is, applies to your life as well. And, um, and, and I like, not that I like that you skipped the race, but I like that you yeah. realize that it was not it wasn't in the cards. Right. And I think sometimes, right. you know, you, you have bigger obligations than we do, but we're like, Oh, well I signed up and it was an ultra and it was expensive. So I better go, you know, and, um, yeah. at the, at the peril of, you know, getting hurt again or getting really burnt out or something like yeah. that. And so and that's just a really good lesson for all of us. I, I think a lot of people fall into that. I hear that a lot is like, Oh, I've got this race. I have to do it. It's like, no, you don't. And yeah. it, it's like, you know, I, I understand like I, you know, this is what I do for a living, but I would never do that to myself because I want to be able to walk when I'm 60, you know, it's like, I don't want to, you you don't want to hurt your body. So yeah, Yeah. no, absolutely. Is there anything, and then, and this is, uh, I don't, was there anything you would do differently with that Peru situation now knowing Um, what you know? I probably I don't know. No, I probably would have maybe stopped after the first lap, but I'm just not good at that. Everyone else quit after the first lap. Um, You know, I, well, I could have prepared better, but you know, how do you prepare for something like that when you don't know? Um, Do a shorter distance, I guess. Yes. Going into it, knowing the training that I had and knowing the race is going to be super tough. I would have dropped down to maybe a 50 K. Okay. Okay. Good to know. No, that's helpful. Um, yeah. and it's simple to ask me, is that, is that why you've been riding your bike so much? She must be following you on Instagram. Um, you've been doing a lot of partially. I just love riding my bike. Um, yeah. it's a really great way to explore. And partly the dirt roads here are so nice. Um, because it, there's like two times during the year you can ride right now and then late fall. So yeah, that's partly why, but, um, okay. also I just really like it. Yeah. So do, do you like to mountain bike or road bike or both? Is um, that- cross I like I have a cross bike um yeah I got hit um by a car on my road bike a few years ago 
like seven years ago. So I'm really hesitant to road ride. Um, sure. I love mountain biking, but you can cover so much more ground on a cross bike. So I just find these random dirt roads and sometimes I get lost, but it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. As you've been chatting, we got another um, question from Francine. She says, um, my 50K is part of the larger Hennepin 100, which is in Minnesota. Okay. I know. Um, it's a night race starting at 5 p.m. and is essentially run on a rail trail. What should I do to, to, during training to help prepare? I'm a Ragnar veteran, so no stranger to night racing or running on little sleep, if that helps. That um, helps. Yeah, starting at 5 p.m. That's, wow. So um, I've to me, 5 to 6 p.m. is the toughest time. I've done that a few times. Uh, and it's just, it's hard because you have the whole day to just kind of like sit around and wait for it. So what I would recommend is doing a few runs starting at 5 p.m. Um, you know, like plan your, so at least one run, fuel as you would leading into the race and just practice that because it's tough to like figure out like, what are you going to eat all day? So try that. And then I would do a night run you know, just one. Uh, and that's great. You're, you're used to it and you have no problem, but just try it out. Make sure your gear is all working really well. You've got a good headlamp. It's yeah. not going to be bothering you. Um, and it doesn't have to be a long run, but you know, maybe go through the worst part of the night, like 11, start at 11 and do like a, I don't know. I don't know what your life is like, but I would yeah. say, you know, if you can run from like 11 to one sometime yeah. Yeah, that's what I was the practice, do. that's like, that, it's just good preparation. That said, I have never done that. And I always finish those races. I'm like, I wish I would have done that. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. She says, uh, I wonder um, if someone will run with me and that would be great if you could obviously so, get a pal to go with you. Yeah. So this is what you do. Cause my friends have done this, just not me. Okay. Um, they do it and they finish at a bar and they have a bloody Mary. Oh, so if you that's can, like, it like that. Cause like there's still people out with that late and the bloody yeah. Mary is like kind of good recovery. Exactly. Vegetables, vegetables and yeah. salt. That's all you need, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that that's good. I mean, I definitely think, um, running at night is a different animal. And I think that five to six, I mean, I remember waiting for the Las Vegas marathon, like one of the first years that they did it, you know, it was the strip lit up at night. And that day is just interminable because you're just, yeah. you don't want to do anything and you're Put worried about how you're going to eat. And yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that'll be fun. The 50 K. Um, yeah. Great. Well, good. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for your, um, for your honesty and for all your advice, yeah, of course, yeah. and, um, and for sharing that cute puppy with us. Oh yeah. He's still hanging yeah. out here. Awesome. He's a little awesome. Yeah. yeah and like, like I said at the beginning. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. They're really great. This group is so engaged. And, um, again, like everybody, I'm sorry, I wasn't able to call off your races. Um, but I mean, everybody just seems to be thriving. I mean, people are PRing in 10 Ks and, try and going doing triathlons and all the stuff kind of at the beginning or waiting for their plan to start. And it's just fun to watch. So, yeah. So thank you. Keep sharing. Support. Yes. Support. You guys are doing really great, um, building each other up. It's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, have a great week, you guys. Um, we'll do this again, um, you know, probably towards the end of next month. And we'll probably start to talk a little bit more about racing um, in May and, um, and we'll have some more office hours for you with Coach Stephanie and that kind of thing. So, um, so we're here to support you in any way you need it. Yeah, thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Thanks, Stephanie. Have a great day, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.